Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you Welcome to your Catholic inspired. Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God on this Friday morning, November the 10th, or November the 11th, rather, 2022, on the memorial of St. Martin of Tours, Bishop. But it's also Veterans Day, and yesterday, mea culpa, mea culpa, mea maxima culpa, I forgot the Marine Corps' birthday. Happy birthday, Marine Corps. Semper... Fi. Okay, it's supposed to be Fabe. Fi. Super Fi. Praise be to God. It's uh, Veterans Day. So thank you uh, to all those who have served our country. I'm going to be uh, hosting a Veterans Day event this morning, actually, over in Castroville, Texas. Looking forward to doing that. Lots to cover on the program today, of course. Uh, just how much did abortion play the role in deciding the outcomes on the midterms. Well, we're going to have that conversation to talk about the real winners and losers with Mary Owens from the Susan B. Anthony list coming up at 15 past the hour. Also, if we have to forgive our brother 70 times 7, well, does that also apply to big brother? Should we forgive the sins of big government? Mary Cuff weighs in. She has an article out over Crisis Magazine. We're going to be talking to her at 35 past the hour about that coming up at the top of the next hour if you can join us in hour number two of catholic drive time sean rice my good friend general manager of the uh, south and central texas region of the guadalupe radio network will be on we're going to catch up with him and all that's going on there a uh, lots of stories in the news uh, lepanto institute dropped a brand new report on the uh, cchd grant funding program yeah it doesn't look good either finding that 30.8 percent of cchd's granted organizations from the last fiscal year are in violation of catholic moral and social teaching giving millions of dollars to organizations involved in abortion lgbtq activism and socialism wow that's no fun maybe we'll catch up with hitchborn next week the first auditor general of the vatican has uh sued the vatican 9.25 million dollars in damages so that's interesting. Montana, I didn't, golly gee whiz, I wouldn't, if you'd asked me like three, four years ago, hey, do you, how, how abortion is a Montana? I would not have guessed Montana as being very abortion friendly, but apparently they just defeated a ballot measure requiring, requiring medical care for babies who survive abortion. Let that sink in. So if a baby survives abortion, uh, they don't get medical care in the state of Montana. Yeah, that's crazy. A Texas judge has found that the Biden student loan forgiveness unconstitutional. So sorry, Rudy Carlos. You do got to pay that bill after all. Come on, Oh, man. Are you serious? Seems like. Seems like. Yeah. Well, good thing I'm almost done Mm -hmm. paying it. (laughs) (laughs) Just in time. Just in time. Anything on the agenda for the weekend that's uh, worthwhile? Oh, well, I am going to begin my move. So I'm moving back to California. Just kidding. I'm moving up, <laughs> up north of uh, where I am now in Houston. And uh, hopefully it's going to be a better place. So thanks be to God, everything seems to be working out, finalizing le- the, the lease. Yeah. And uh, now I got to pack my stuff up. Praise be to God. Yeah. I, I haven't quite gotten the uh, the housewarming party invite for the barbecue yet. Oh. Is that on its way? Or I'm sorry, I can't have mm-hmm. guests over. Per the lease agreement. Ever? Ever. Yeah. Sorry. Mm, I see. It says specifically not Joe McLean. Does it? Yeah. 
Well, there's Sorry, always uh, there's always Adrian. He'll he'll have you over for a barbecue. <laughs> good morning to you, Adrian Fonseca. Good morning. Good morning. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Is it? Yes, because apparently uh, on the on his uh, lease there it says mm. no host of radio shows. The good news is ever I'm not a host. He's a producer. So <laughs> it works. I'm I am welcome. I am welcome. Wait, hold on. You're welcome, but I'm not. That's, I, I, don't make the, we don't, I don't make the rules, man. I don't make the rules. I'm sorry. But no, praise be to God. I am excited for the weekend. Uh, tomorrow, across Texas, you know, second mm-hmm. Saturday of the month. So across Texas, they're having marches for the consecration of Texas to the Sacred Heart. They're nice. having, we're having one in Houston. There's going to be one in San Antonio while you're in your neck of the woods Praise right now. Um, across Dallas, uh, Tyler, Texas, Galveston mm-hmm. even. So praise be to God. It's going to be really cool. Yeah, well, they should. Uh, maybe we can get one going all across the country in that every state. Super there ought to be awesome. a rally to consecrate our country to the most sacred heart of our Lord and Savior Jesus. Wouldn't that be amazing? Be all great. right, let's pray. Let's uh, begin. We have uh, some great guests lined up for you and a lot to cover. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today's Friday, November 11th, and here are your headlines this morning. The Epic Times reports Maricopa County releases more information on printer issue and says it impacted 17,000 ballots. They say, quote, the printer settings for the ballot on-demand printers at vote centers were the same ones used in August. In the primary, the chair's statement reads, continuing the paper was the same thickness prior to the general election, the elections department test printed and test tabulated hundreds of ballots without issue, they said. The issue impacted less than 7% of Election Day voters, or about 17,000 ballots, uh, that were dropped into secure slots at the tabulators, the statement noted. DW News reports mandatory patriotism classes in Russian schools. For the past two months, the school week in in Russian schools has started with a class called Conversations About Important Things. The Education Ministry specifies what these important things are. Sometimes the class focuses on official holidays like Mother's Day, Father's Day, and the Day of the Older Generation. But on Teacher's Day, students were told why the occupation of Ukrainian territory by Russian troops is historical justice, because it was originally Russian territory, they say. And Breitbart News reports, Scott Adams says, China-controlled TikTok helped Democrats win on abortion with women. In his broadcast on Wednesday, Scott Adams, the Dilbert cartoonist, explained his point in greater detail. He says, quote, The group of Americans that controlled the election outcome are the group of Americans that China controls through TikTok, he said. He noted that despite former President Donald Trump's failed effort to rein in TikTok, Democrats would allow TikTok to remain legal in the U.S. because China's interests in disrupting U.S. politics serve their own domestic political agenda. And Ground News reports, U.S. refuses advanced drones for Ukraine. The Wall Street Journal reports the Biden administration won't give Ukraine advanced drones despite pleas from Kiev and bipartisan groups of members of Congress, a reflection of the limit of the kinds of weaponry Washington is willing to provide for Ukraine's defense. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Man, I really want my advanced drones. Oh, man. The uh, saint of the day is St. Martin of Tours. 
born in 316. And I have a question for you. And hopefully someone knows the answer to this. Why do Mexicans love St. Martin of Tours so much? I never understood that. But anyway, he is a conscientious objector who wanted to be a monk. A monk who was maneuvered into being a bishop. A bishop who fought paganism as well as pleaded for mercy to heretics. Such was Martin of Tours, one of the most popular of saints and one of the first not to be a martyr. Born of pagan parents in what is now Hungary and raised in Italy, the son of a veteran was forced at the age of 15 to serve in the army. Martin became a Christian catechumen and was baptized when he was 18. It was said that he lived more like a monk than a soldier. At the age of 23, he refused a war bonus and told his commander, quote, I have served you as a soldier. Now let me serve Christ. Give the bounty to those who are going to fight. But I am a soldier of Christ and it is not lawful for me to fight. End quote. After great difficulties, he was discharged and went to be a disciple of Hilary of Poitiers. He was ordained an exorcist and worked with great zeal against the Arians. Martin became a monk, living first at Milan and later on a small island. When Hilary was restored to his see following his exile, Martin returned to France and established what may have been the first French monastery near Poitiers. He lived there for 10 years, forming his disciples and preaching throughout the countryside. The people of Tours demanded that he become their bishop. Martin was drawn to the city by a ruse, the need of a sick person, and was brought to the church where he reluctantly allowed himself to be consecrated a bishop. Some of the consecrating bishops thought that his rumpled appearance and unkempt hair indicated that he would not dignified enough was not dignified enough for the office. Along with St. Ambrose, Martin rejected Bishop Ithacus' principle of putting heretics to death, as well as the intrusion of the emperor into such matters. He prevailed upon the emperor to spare the life of the heretic Priscillian. For, for his efforts, Martin was accused of the same heresy, and Priscillian was executed after all. Martin then pleaded for a cessation of the persecution of Priscillian's followers in Spain. He still felt he could cooperate with Ithacus in other areas, but afterwards his conscience troubled him about this decision. As death approached, Martin's followers begged him not to leave them. He prayed, Lord, if your people still need me, I do not refuse the work. Your will be done. He died November 8th, 397. St. Martin of Tours, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 17, verses 26 through 37. Jesus said to his disciples, As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage up to the day that Noah entered the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Similarly, as it was in the days of Lot, they were eating, drinking, buying, selling, planting, building. On the day when Lot left Sodom, fire and brimstone rained from the sky to destroy them all. So it will be on the day the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, someone who is on the housetop and whose belongings are in the house must not go down to get them. And likewise, one in the field must not return to what was left behind. Remember the wife of Lot. Whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it, but whoever loses it will save it. I tell you, 
On that night, there will be two people in one bed. One will be taken, the other left. And there will be two women grinding meal together. One will be taken, the other left. They said to him in reply, Where, Lord? He said to them, Where the body is, there also the vultures will gather. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Adrian, what did uh, Cornelius find? Yes, Cornelius Lapidae, he uh, starts off talking about verse 32. He said, remember Lot's wife? And I'm like, yes, I do remember Lot's wife. He said, she per- she perished because she looked back. Lest, says St. Ambrose, as she looked back on the burning Sodom against the command of the angel and was changed into a pillar of salt. So you also, against these commandments of mine, may return to the life of the world and perish with which is perishing and burning. This is a very important idea that God has given us commandments. God has told us what we must do. Yet if we return to the life of the world, if we turn our backs on God and look over our shoulders back at the world and long for our past lives of sin, then we will get what we want. And we will perish with that which is perishing and burning. Sounds like a lot of aftermath of what's happened in the last week. St. Augustine says, what is the meaning of Lot's wife? She represents those who look back in tribulation and separate themselves from the hope of the divine promise. And who are therefore changed into a pillar of salt. That by admonishing men not to do the same, they may, as it were, season their hearts and not become fools. Cornelius Alapidae wants us to remember Lot's wife. So let's think about that today. Let's remember Lot's wife. What was her action? As the angel had commanded her, which is a symbol of the commands of God to us, let us obey the commands of God, lest we turn away from God and look back in tribulation. And long with, uh, instead of hope in divine providence, we hope in the world. We place our hope in princes. And when we do so, It'll change us, not into a pillar of salt in a literal sense, but instead may conform our hearts to the world where we will perish with all that is perishing and all that is burning. So today, let us meditate on God today. Let's reject the world and look and set our eyes on the divine things. All right. Praise be to God. Coming up after the break. Mary Owens, Communications Director at the Susan B. Anthony List, will join us to catch up on the real winners and losers and how much abortion played a role in the midterms. All that's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time. I'll be right back. Can we be happy without God? Atheists say yes. We Christians say yes, but only to a certain extent. What's our reason? There are some natural human desires that can be satisfied without living for God. The desire for sensory pleasure, success, and loving relationships. There are certain desires, however, that can't be satisfied without God. For example, we don't just desire some love, we desire infinite love, love without limit. This is manifest when we get frustrated with imperfect manifestations of it. The same is true for knowledge, justice, and beauty. Since God alone is infinite in these perfections, only He can satisfy our desires for them. Therefore, to borrow from St. Augustine, without God, our hearts would be forever restless. And my friends, a restless heart is an unhappy heart. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. 
For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church, with over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past this hour, Mary Cuff has an article over at Crisis Magazine on uh, forgiving Big Brother, forgiving the sins of big government, especially in light of the lockdowns, forced vaccinations, and so much more. We're going to talk about forgiveness and what that means with Mary Cuff. Join us if you can. But uh, there are lots of stories in the news that are of great concern to me, and I'm sure they are to you as well. And joining us right now via phone is Mary Owens, Communications Director at the Susan B. Anthony List. Good morning to you, Mary. Good morning. Praise be to God. We're very grateful for your time today. Uh, We want to talk about the real winners and losers and how much abortion played a role in the midterms. And one thing I think is uh, very fascinating, and and I'm pretty sure uh, Susan B. Anthony has pointed this out, is that the Democrats, the people on the far left, the pro-abortion side, really paid attention to how the messaging on abortion worked. And it seemed like especially those 18 to 30-year-olds responded to that in big numbers. Uh, What say you, Mary Owens? Yeah, well, there's no doubt that the Dobbs decision was a political earthquake. Uh, And it created a unique opportunity for Democrats to motivate their base and give them the best opportunity that they'll ever have to use this issue politically. Uh, They used tactics like, um, you know, we must stop complete bans without exceptions that will cause women to die, which is a lie. They used uh, abortion decisions are for doctors and women to make, not politicians. They were scaring people. Um, And we saw that uh, when the Republicans, the pro-life Republicans went on offense, and define their opponents as abortion extremists who support abortion on demand with no limits and contrasted that with a clearly defined pro-life position centered around consensus, whether that be a pain-capable bill at 15 weeks or a heartbeat bill when a child's heartbeat can be detected. Uh, those can- those pro-life candidates won. It's pretty stark. But there are some surprises here. I just didn't see... I mean, Vermont, sure, of course, Michigan, I get it. Kentucky still surprises me. Montana just uh, refused to give health care to babies who survive abortion. That is really crazy to me, isn't it to you? Yeah, it's it's so sad, but it is because, um, look, ballot initiatives are hard, especially for the pro-life movement, because the Democrats pour millions of dollars into this. Um, and it's also impossible to draw the contrast on the debate stage and ballot initiatives. Uh, if you look at, uh, you know, Senate candidates and governors, we ha- we can debate um, this position on the debate stage and people can see where they're at. For ballot initiatives, it's he who has the most money uh, to get their message out uh, tends to win. Um, and the Democrats had a lot of money. They outspent us 35 to 1. Um, and so, you know, I think that's why, unfortunately, we saw in Kentucky and Michigan and Montana that we lost those ballot initiatives. Mm. Well, not to mention, they also seem to rally those uh, 
30-year-olds and youngers way better than the pro-life side uh, to the argument for sure. I was looking at the numbers yesterday, the, the uh, post, uh, post-voting numbers yesterday out of CNN, and uh, they're, they're staggering. I mean, the, the, it seems like the conservatives and the, the pro-life crowd didn't do much at all to win the hearts of those sub-30-year-old voters. Uh, but Democrats did outspend, as you just mentioned. They outspend them by a huge margin. But yet, even though they outspent, as you pointed out also, those candidates who ran on a strong pro-life uh, ballot seemed to win the day, even in spite of the fact that they were outspent. Yeah, look at, you know, there's a few cases. Look at Governor Ron DeSantis. He signed uh, into law this year a pain-capable law that uh, limited abortion at 15 weeks when a child can feel pain. He won by 19.4%. Governor Mike DeWine in Ohio signed a heartbeat law, um, and he won by 25%. Greg Abbott in Texas signed a heartbeat law and a trigger law uh, protecting unborn children uh, throughout pregnancy, uh, and he won by 11%. You know, not to mention Marco Rubio, who took the stance of that there needs to be federal protections for unborn children by at least 15 weeks. He won by great margins. Senate-elect J.D. Vance in Ohio did as well. You know, all these candidates, Ted Budd in North Carolina, Herschel Walker, who is still in the running in and I'm sorry, in uh, Georgia, all of these uh, candidates who clearly positioned um, their Democrat candidates as extremists, who were running against them, and then they gave a pro-life contrast saying that they would either back a 15-week pain-capable bill or a heartbeat bill um, we saw as the winners. Mm. Any surprises from your perspective? Anybody that uh, really caught you off guard? That one? Yeah, or even lost. Um, I, You know, I think it's clear that, you know, our messaging from the pro-life movement, if you were able to contrast the Democrats' extremism with your pro-life um, position and, and showing the humanity of the child, uh, that the pro-life position always wins. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. we saw in Pennsylvania, Dr. Oz lost, um, but that's because he allowed his Democrat opponents to um, position him as an extremist when that wasn't true. Um, and, and unfortunately, he lost there. So I do think the main takeaway here is that going forward, especially in the 2020, 2024 presidential uh, cycle, that um, we need to have the pro-life movement needs to clearly position themselves, um, protecting the unborn children, showing the humanity of the unborn children, mm-hmm. um, and we can win. Now, one thing I thought was very interesting last week, we talked about Massachusetts and how they were trying to uh, take one million, I think it was a million dollars. I forget the number exactly. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to create like a campaign, like a political and uh, an informational campaign that would basically promote the abortion industry and cast uh, cast uh, shadows upon pregnancy clinics in the state of Massachusetts. And apparently the the current governor, Governor Baker, a Republican, uh, it, vetoed it however the same republican governor kept abortion clinics open uh, during the uh, the lockdowns there uh so um, kind of a mixed message here do you have any insight into what's going on in massachusetts well what i'll say is that um if you are living in massachusetts i recommend you still call your local legislators and um ensure them that you want them to keep uh pushing for pro-life protections in the state um 
you know, it, thank goodness that this was vetoed, uh, but we want to make sure that children are continued to be protected in Massachusetts. Um, and be, thankfully to the Dobbs decision, um, people through their elected representatives now are able to have a voice um, in, in abortion policy. And so, although this is um, wonderful news for right now, um, we need to make sure that we continue to call our legislators and ask them to protect unborn children um, at the state level. I mean, there's a chance that the state of the legislature, Massachusetts, will just simply override the veto. I'm not, I mean, uh, there's not a lot of surprises when it comes to Massachusetts. It's, uh, it's always been a very mm-hmm. blue state. Uh, I, you know, they, in fact, their governor that just won the election is, uh, is now a, a Democrat, of course, a pro-choice, uh, their, uh, their, their house seats as well. So, uh, you think the legislature will veto, will override that veto? I'm not sure. I certainly, um, certainly hope so. But that just, um, proves again that, um, if you live in Massachusetts, Please call your local official um, mm. and and sh- and tell them that you are pro-life and you want them to um, vote to protect unborn children and their mothers. And I would also say, as far as pregnancy centers go, um, they in, in Massachusetts the ratio to Planned Parenthood and uh, community-based healthcare clinics is 25 uh, to one, right? And these these um, pro-life Pregnancy centers provide so much to these women who are um, in need, whether that be uh, physical um, health uh, care help, um, if they need diapers or housing, etc. Um, An overwhelming majority of Americans support pregnancy centers. And so um, mm-hmm. please call your local officials and tell them how much you care and support these pregnancy centers and that you want to see um, more protections for these centers and also for unborn children in the state of Massachusetts. Mary, hi, this is Rudy Carlos. uh, And I have a question for you. You know, uh, there was um, an overwhelming statistic that that said that, you know, in the in these past elections, the uh, the midterms, that Generation Z and millennials overwhelmingly voted for for abortion. They wanted abortion. And uh, I'm curious, you know, you being in communications yourself, you know, a lot of these uh, these uh, voters were influenced by platforms like TikTok or things like that, mm-hmm. that really, uh, uh, really kind of formed their mind, their opinion about abortion and, and made them, you know, pr- for it. I'm wondering, you know, since you're in communications yourself, is there anything that the uh, the, the Susan B. Anthony list is doing to uh, to promote the pro-life message on these platforms or is that something that uh, you're kind of moving away from? Yeah, well, it's incredibly important that we reach the younger generations. SBA Pro-Life America, we have uh, an Instagram, we have a TikTok, we have Facebook, um, we have Twitter. Um, and to get the message out. I think, unfortunately, we see with the younger generation, too, is that because the Democrats have a lot of money to push their um, message that is just outright lies, like I was discussing with the ballot initiatives, they're saying that, you know, the, um, the pro-life movement, if they uh, pass pro-life protections at the federal or state level, that it's going to cause women to die. That is absolutely not true. Of all the states that right. have pro-life protections, not a single one of them stops uh, the ability to help a mother 
who may be in, in harm, um, physical harm. And so we have to, all of us on the pro-life movement, need to make sure that we are um, discussing the humanity of an unborn child, mm. that by 15 weeks a child can feel pain. It has all of its um organs it it, um, it has a preference if it sucks its left or right thumb oh, um, yeah. you know and, and I think if we lovingly show people uh, the life that is forming inside of them um, mm. the pro-life movement wins and I think that's unfortunately also what we saw uh, this election cycle that when Democrats can broadly paint this this brush of um, you know, women are going to die and all your rights are being taken away. Um, they don't want to talk about, uh, you know, certain gestational limits because once you show the humanity of an unborn child, people that clicks in people's brains and they say, Amen. you know, oh, maybe I don't believe in abortion by 15 weeks. Maybe when a heartbeat can be detected, I don't think there should be an abortion anymore. That I can tell is a human life. So um, I think it's important for us as Catholics and us as um, people in the pro-life movement to continue to promote these pregnancy centers that help give women um, the option to keep their child and to lovingly support their children, um, that there are places all around uh, the United States that help women who may need shelter, um, either from an abusive home or if you know they don't have uh, anywhere to live that mm. them and their baby can go. Mary Owens, Communications Director at the Susan B. Anthony List, sbaprolife.org. Check it out. You should uh, especially go there and check out their news section. They have press releases. In fact, Biden administration busing young women across state lines to get abortions. That's a new one out there. Mary Owens, God bless you. God love you. Thank you uh, for being on with us today. Thank you. All right. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever noticed that the world associates fanaticism with religion? But G.K. Chesterton says that the strangest fanaticism that fills our time is the fanatical hatred of morality, especially of Christian morality. It is the irreligious who are fanatical in their hatred of religion. They hate religion because religion is the only basis for morality. They hate morality because it is clear. And they prefer things to be vague, vague to the point where they can call wrongs rights. But we cannot call something a right when it defies God's laws. We can only call it a sin because all rights come from God and God is not going to break his own laws. Neither should we. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, Chesterton.org. It's to truly save souls. It's to save souls. And we have a lot of different media platforms, whether it's through our TV, radio, music, and it's all promoting this culture that is really here to kill, still, and destroy souls. And to have that Catholic voice on the air that is proclaiming the good news and able to touch and transform lives, um, what better thing to support? The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now more headlines. Sky News reports Challenger shuttle fragment found almost 37 years after spacecraft was destroyed on liftoff. The discovery was announced by NASA's Kennedy Space Center in Florida on Thursday, almost 37 years after the shuttle broke apart shortly after liftoff 
on the 28th of January, 1986, claiming the lives of seven astronauts, including a school teacher and married mother of two, Krista McAuliffe. The wreckage was spotted by a TV diving crew, including underwater explorer and marine biologist Mike Barnett and the wreck, wreck diver Jimmy Gadomsky, who were searching for the remains of a Second World War era aircraft during filming of a new uh, History Channel series called the Bermuda Triangle into Cursed Waters. And the Washington Examiner reports Texas federal judge rules Biden's student debt relief program unlawful. A federal judge in Fort Worth, Texas, delivered another blow to President Joe Biden's student debt relief plan in a win for a conservative advocacy group that challenged it as an unconstitutional move by the administration. The lawsuit was filed by the conservative Job Creators Network Foundation in October on behalf of a borrower who did not qualify for the full $20,000 in debt relief and another who was ineligible for the program. Challengers to the president's multi-billion dollar college debt relief program say the administration violated federal procedures by denying borrowers the chance to offer public comment on the plan before it was uh, unveiled in August. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Uh, by the way, I'm in San Antonio this morning at the San Antonio Studios. I'm going to be hosting a Veterans Day event in Castroville, Texas, here in just a little while this morning. Uh, looking forward to it. So if you served our country, you have friends, relatives, family members who did, uh, thank them today for their service. It's Veterans Day, praise be to God. But uh, also today, I'm sharing with you in the CDT Insider email list, which I'll be sending out around lunchtime-ish. Uh, I'm going to share with you how I embarrassed my wife huge, big time, okay? <laughs> she is still going to be, she's massively embarrassed, uh, but I'm going to share it with you nonetheless. And uh, you can get in on our CDT Insider email list by going to our website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Just look for the Insider email link there. It takes just a moment to get signed up and it's super easy. You let me harass you once a week. And I send you good stuff every single week. I promise it's going to benefit you. Uh, and uh, you can do that again at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Joining us right now via Zoom chat is Mary Cuff. Mary has an article over Crisis Magazine that I found very fascinating. Uh, the headline goes, Forgive Big Brother times, uh, times seven or 70 times seven times. Should we forgive Big Brother? Mary Cuff, good morning to you. Praise be to God, I am alive, and that counts. How are you? Very good, very good. See, praise be to Jesus. Now, <laughs> I found I like the play on words here. I mean, we have to forgive our brothers or our neighbors 70 times 7. I get that. But Big Brother, do we let Big Brother off the hook? I mean, 2020, uh, the pandemic year, we were locked down. Business is closed. Uh, uh, addictions skyrocketed, abuse in the home skyrocketed, uh, drug addictions uh, skyrocketed. We had educational setbacks with children who were forced to wear masks. They developed speech therapy problems and, uh, and behavioral issues. Uh, we saw all kinds of problems. Then came the vaccination mandates that uh, caused people to lose their jobs, bankruptcies, and so much more. And it's we're just uh, getting to the other side of this incredible uh, time in world history. And a lot of the information that's coming in now suggested that none of that was necessary. So do we just let it go now? What do you say, Mary Cuff? Right. A lot of people are, are 
responding to the past almost three years now. We keep saying two years, but no, it's been almost three years now. There are people still without jobs because of this. People are still getting fired because of this. And do we do we just move on? Do we make the best of it? And um, I was inspired to write the article because there's a lot of people coming out and saying, like, for the best for society, we just need to kind of pretend that it didn't happen and move on. We were all kind of grumpy for a bit, but, you know, forgive and forget. But that isn't really a good approach, especially for Christians interested in helping society get back together. We we need accountability. Christians are always supposed to, you know, hold each other accountable, hold our our governments accountable. That's part of our our um, our call to to ensure that you know human dignity is preserved. And unfortunately, if we just sort of forgive and forget and move on and forgive big brother along with all the other brothers that we're supposed to forgive, then we're priming ourselves up, priming ourselves to uh, enable this to happen again. Maybe Mm -hmm. not in this exact form, but again and again and again, because this has become sort of a precedent for what you do when things need to be controlled in some way. And and we can't, we can't let that happen again. But even on a personal level, let's say I had uh, a family member who committed a sin or and we forgave them and they continue to commit these sins. One could forgive and should forgive, must forgive, as our Lord would say. But does that mean that we have to hang out? And in forgiveness, <laughs> you know, like we, I can right. forgive you but not hang out with you on the playground. Uh, I think there's there's something about prudential judgment here that applies even at the personal level, let alone the federal level where we see continued abuses. I mean, uh, I I can remember when I served in the Marine Corps back in the 90s and there'd be these reports that would come out about how much the government spent on toilet paper or on the on the on the the ring that held the toilet paper in the in the you know in the it just like and we spent way more than we ever needed to for most things but nothing's changed it's like the american people have just simply let most of this go we vote people in republican or democrat we don't hardly ever see a change it seems uh where where's this line between forgiveness and prudential judgment or toleration right and that's a it, i mean i I struggle with this uh, on my own personal um, level with with friends and family who, who you know maybe maybe didn't behave properly um, the past three years and and now you know haven't asked forgiveness but you know that's for a Christian that's, that's not necessary to to us forgiving our brother you know heroic forgiveness asks us to to forgive even when we haven't been asked. But prudential judgment is still a very important thing, right? The people who, you know, we we forgive them, we pray for them, we tell them we love them, but we do need to be cautious, especially when it comes to people who are allowing the system to continue, because what that means, you know, forgiving, forgiving them for their personal involvement is one thing but not holding them to accountability, not asking them for actual self-reflection so that they change means that, you know, even on a personal level, you know, friends, colleagues, you know, fellow parishioners, you know, our, our parish priests, we are, we are not safeguarding those who don't have a voice. The, the children who were denied church for almost a year and a half in, in many places who that, I mean, 
that really impacted a lot of people. Um, and, and so, yes, we do have to, we do have to think about prudential judgment in terms of what do we do with these people going forward? And, um, I know on the whole, like America just seems to sort of keep the same systems in place. I think that there, there seems to be a little bit of, of sort of paralyzed helplessness going on where people are like, well, it never changes. So why bother? But that's not the Christian response. The Christian response is God is in charge. Mm-hmm. He has given us these trials and these tribulations, but he doesn't say, accept them, sit there and suffer. That's, <laughs> that's not what he says. He says, you know, continue to fight the good fight. He didn't promise us victory um, initially. He didn't promise us a bunch of, you know, brilliant um, advances, but he did promise that he would be with us. What he wants us to do is to, is to not give up, to not despair and to, to, to do battle for those who cannot do battle for themselves and for mm-hmm. society and say, no, we, we can do this better. We must require accountability. We must require people to recognize that human dignity was stepped on over these past three years. And we must do something to make sure that going forward, whatever might happen, whatever the next big thing is, um, we have a different approach. Mary, we have uh, about two minutes before we have to go to break. Um, I was reading your article, and one thing that I think is so important that many people do not understand is that there is a principle of justice here that must be uh, used, that must be exercised, because even if someone forgives someone, justice must be served. We can forgive a criminal. They still need to serve their time. You put a rock through my window. I can forgive you. You still need to pay for the window. Uh, so all these things are related. Could you, you have one minute to a break and we can, uh, if you need more time, we can talk about it on the other side of the break as well. But Mary Cuff. Sure. We see this in the sacrament of confession. We don't simply go to confession and receive forgiveness for our sins. That does happen. But first we are told go and sin no more. And second of all, we're, we're given, you know, something to do to rectify. That is part of Christian forgiveness that we have to fix or help fix in some way that which we have marred. And, and that's important in society, especially now, because there's so much that has been marred and we all must do our part and call upon those who did a significant part in damaging society. And you can't leave it. You got to fix it. Justice demands that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We're right at a break. We're talking with Mary Cuff, and the article can be found at crisismagazine.com. Crisismagazine.com. The uh, headline goes, Forgive Big Brother 70 times, 7 times? Well, I don't know. There's an order of magnitude that's pretty large on this one. We're going to continue the conversation about forgiveness coming up right after the break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is Jesuit Father Robert McTague, host of The Catholic Current, where we bring Christ to the world and the world to Christ. We look at current events through the eyes of faith. I hope you'll join us each Monday and Friday for guests and topics you can't afford to miss. That's The Catholic Current, heard Monday and Friday right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern.
Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. According to 1 Corinthians 11, receiving communion in an unworthy manner can result in sickness and or death. If communion is simply wafer and juice as opposed to body and blood, doesn't the possibility of sickness and death just seem a little over the top? So here's the three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. First off, in the Bread of Life discourse in John 6, Jesus says, He that eats my flesh and drinks my blood dwells in me and I in him. Note, he said drink my blood. He did not say drink my wine or grape juice. Well, no commentary needed there. Secondly, you going to walk? The disciples did not walk away from Jesus over a symbolic teaching of body and blood. They walked over how literally Jesus was teaching them. Also, they did not walk over the idea that feeding on Christ's body and blood is feeding on the Bible. No, no, no. And thirdly, your new response. My Catholic friend, when you are asked, hey, have you received Christ? Your answer is yes, every Sunday at Mass. That's how I know objectively that Christ is in me. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Mary Cuff is our guest. She has a great article over at Crisis Magazine on forgiving Big Brother. We've been talking about forgiveness in general, but also in specific to this case. Now, Mary, one of the things that I keep thinking, I keep going back to is the order of magnitude. If if my uh, if my neighbor sins against me, it's pro... I mean, I mean... It's probably not on the same scale. It's 100% not on the same scale as that which I think the government has, has, and governments all over the world, mind you, have done to its peoples in the name of, of public safety. And uh, we're seeing the, the ramifications of this. I mean, the, the CDC has reported that uh, deaths, which they can't figure out what's causing them, the mortality rate is skyrocketed post-pandemic. Uh, Scotland just reported a, ma- a major, massive increase in infant deaths. They have no idea what's causing it. There are young people, uh, let's say sub-40s, that are falling over all of a sudden, dying. Did they have a- an opportunity to repent of their sins before death? I don't know. What causes it? I have no idea. But neither do they. That's the problem. So if you look at the economic impact, if you look at the, the mortality, if you look at uh, the impact on families, on, like I said earlier, addictions, there is a massive order of magnitude much higher than that in personal relations with our neighbors, our friends, our family. And when we're discussing forgiveness, I don't think it's possible. I mean, if we held Nuremberg trials to keep Nazis accountable for their atrocities during war crimes, how do we not keep government officials We've learned that the that uh, all we had government officials who helped to fund with taxpayer dollars the research in the Wuhan lab in China. We, we, we actively participated as taxpayers in the creation of the very of the very virus that hurt so many people. I don't think you can let that go. What do you say, Mary Guff? Well, not to mention, um, you know, and, and not, not to rehash, but not, not to mention a very important other element of this is that they're still not acknowledging these things. You don't see mainstream media reporting on these excess deaths. You don't see any of this. Um, you don't see mainstream media panicking about the fact that, you know, uh, Pfizer officials have admitted they never actually tested the vaccine to see that it, if it would stop spread. You know, they... There was this this huge amount of lying going on um, about things that they did know. There was a huge amount of social control that was going on. And they haven't admitted that. 
That's Mm -hmm. huge. If they haven't admitted that, the fact that we know that it happened and they have not admitted it, um, even to try to excuse it, even, that's concerning. You can't just forgive and forget. You cannot just move on when there is, you know, a a social sin, a a cultural sin, a, a political governmental sin currently happening. We don't, we don't, you know, forgive mid crime, right? We, Mm -hmm. we stop the crime and then we can deal with the ramifications of it. And those that did this by and large are still in power, um, still doing the sorts of things that they're doing. You still see signs everywhere, you know, wear a mask, you know, you still see signs everywhere, do this, do that, you know, social distance. Um, And, and there's no acknowledgement actually that we got it wrong. The acknowledgement that we got it wrong is coming out of alternative sources that are getting louder and louder and harder for people to ignore. But but this is concerning because what it means is that, you know, even in the the dynamic of forgiving and forgetting, um, you know, that that needs to happen post incident happening, right? Um, you, you can't be in the in the middle of doing something and then say, well, let's just move on um, mm. while you're still doing it. Yeah, definitely. Doc, you know, I was uh, I was at Lowe's yesterday getting some packing boxes and they still have the plexiglass screens out. You know, the, the vestiges <laughs> yeah. of, of this are still here. It's it's uh, it's an open wound, really. But, uh, you know, I love that example that you brought up about about uh, penance, that that uh, that uh, the, the penance that's given to you in confession is the act of reparation for those sins that you committed. And uh, I'm just wondering, you know, in, in your opinion, what uh, what is a good way to repair what was done over the past three years? Uh, obviously, it starts with acknowledging. But what, what comes after that? What do you think? Right. Well, I think we have to keep keep two things separate. There are the, the individual people involved. Right. And I think Christian forgiveness is always on a personal level. It's me forgiving you or you forgiving me, not mm. me forgiving this institution right Mm. or this system of power we don't forgive systems of power we change them if they're if they're wrong if they're evil if they deny human dignity um we don't we don't deny people right um and so that's the difference between forgiving our brother and forgiving big brother so what do we do with our brother you know face-to-face conversations um you know you did this to me i forgive you please let us sit down and figure out a way that we can work through this so that it doesn't happen again, right? People need to change their worldviews. People need to maybe change the way that they consume media. Um, maybe they need to, need to acknowledge, I was a little naive, or I didn't really want to know all the complexities. And so I just sort of shut my brain off and did whatever it was I was told to do, right? If, if, that, was, if that was someone that we know, we need to sort of have a gentle conversation with them, if they're open to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people are still not open to it. And that you know, that's concerning. We need to pray for those people and just gently keep trying. You know, if, you know, you know, to, to the listeners, if, if you discover that that was you, go find the people that you, you know, treated poorly, look them in the eye and say, sorry. Well, it's not say forgive and forget before we ask, sorry, right? You know, ask, yeah. you know, ask for forgiveness. Um, in terms of big brother, in terms of the institutions, uh, I don't think we do forgive them. I don't think we do move on. We, we work to change that. We don't say, well, that happened in the past, move on. We we vote out the people that did this. You know, uh, it's kind of sad that not very many of them did get voted out on Tuesday. Yeah. Absolutely. But we can we can work to change that. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's such a good point, Mary. I think this whole situation is 
it's very complicated because you have, like you mentioned, you have your your families, and but then you have your conglomerations. And our families, I mean, I'm very blessed that we didn't have any of those issues in my family. We were uh, all getting together for Thanksgiving, for Christmas, and that kind of thing, and it was no big deal. But I know so many stories where things like that happened. And I also know a lot of people who were like that at the beginning, and you mentioned this at the at, right there at the end, that there was a lot of people who were like that, realized that they were wrong and changed their mind. And, you know, how can somebody, because I've heard so many terrible stories of people who like disown their family, who like screamed at people, who, and then they realized that what they did was wrong. How can somebody make reparation? How can they seek forgiveness from their families if they were acting that way, who they, they forbade family members, kicked them out of their houses? I have a friend who they... Their parents kicked them out of the house because they refused to get uh, vaccinated. Well, how do you make reparation for that? Well, I, w- I would say first to the to the people that that was done to, you know, you know, think of the martyrs, think of the saints. We have great examples of people who are able to forgive much. To those who committed those those acts of of you know those sinful acts of fear of um, of. Uh, neglect of, of abuse to to their fellow man, you know, and women, I would say, you know, do an examination of conscience, go to confession. And then, you know, as part of your penance, you know, if your priest is the type that says, well, to say, say two Hail Marys and, you know, call me in the morning sort of thing, you know, <laughs> adds to that, go to the person whom you wronged, say sorry. Um, you know, it might take a while, you know, when when things like this have happened, you know, we can forgive, but there's there's a little bit of an emotional scar that has to heal, and we have to acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. Um, those of us who have those scars, you know, I, I have family members I have yet to see, and we're still banned from their house. Um, we have to work on not having the sin of refusing to forgive. That's also important. Um, and I have to catch myself um, when I think about certain people, and, and I get angry again. And it's like, no. If I forgave them, I need to work on not continuing to not forgive. Right. And so forgiveness can kind of be a long term project Um, (laughs) in terms of penance. It it kind of depends upon the particular situation. Right. But but trying to repair that Mm -hmm. which you have damaged, you know, again, over the long term is important. In your article, you say, quote, when it comes to the COVID-induced insults and poor treatment of our actual families, friends, and local communities, the Christian should indeed forgive, something that I admit I find difficult as I remember the bullheaded obstinacy and refusal to consider alternative evidence by many whom I hold near and dear. This forgiveness should not come with gloating or an angry demand that those who were wrong grovel before us, lest we be guilty or of pride and the desire for revenge, close quote. Yeah, I don't like mob violence. I don't like mob justice. It's never, uh, never right to do so, in my opinion. Uh, it, so that's what we're, that's, that's the problem I have, I think, with America, is I think uh, we like a good fight. We like to watch the train wreck. You know, we like uh, the wrestling federation. You know, we, we like the show, <laughs> the pomp, the circumstance, and the revenge. And ultimately, as Catholics, we, we aren't looking for revenge, we want to. We want justice uh, and mercy. Well, like I think you said earlier, we can forgive those that commit these crimes, 
But in justice, they should pay their due. They should pay the, right. pay for the crime. And certainly they shouldn't get to keep their job at a minimum. I mean, I think we can all agree to that, right? Yes, those, those public officials that, that did all this and a lot of stuff's coming out that maybe they knew going through the thing that it, it wasn't going to work, it didn't work. They themselves weren't following the rules. You know, no. You abuse your authority, you lose your authority, right? That, that's how it works. We can't trust them to do things like that. We can love them as individuals. We can forgive them as individuals. But as a person in power, you know, the Lord removes those unworthy stewards all the time. And, and we should too. Yeah. Uh, I think the last point here, because we're about to run out of time, is uh, the I want to emphasize something you said a minute ago, and that we, we should say sorry. Like, mm-hmm. I think too often we let ourselves off the hook and we don't actually do the deed. <laughs> we don't. <Right. laughs> I, like, even, even when we are trying to apologize, do we actually say, hey, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? Like, we don't, right. a lot of times we don't even ask them to actually forgive us, do we? Right. We just gonna gonna skip past that to the to the let's be friends again, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like hey that that was kind of rough. Um, you know, yeah. are are we good? It's like how about yeah. sorry? Sorry is really hard to say. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> And uh, hey, listen, don't be making fun of the priests who give out, uh, say, a half a Hail Mary and uh, and pat yourself on the back. I like that. I, I do <laughs> like your, those guys. I do your... like them. Yeah. <laughs> Check out Mary Cuff's article over at Crisis Magazine, crisismagazine.com. Forgive Big Brother 70 times, seven times. Check it out, crisismagazine.com. Mary Cuff, God bless you. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. All right. Praise be to God. That's going to do it for hour number one on this week. On Veterans Day, if you can join us for the second hour, I would love to hang out with you. Sean Rice is going to join us. We're going to give out prizes and much, much more. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Hey, I'm going to go celebrate Veterans Day. I hope you will, too. God bless you. God love you. Catholic Radio gives us something all day, every day. To fill our lives with our faith. We are completely inundated by the world constantly. Every time you go out shopping, the music that's playing, the the visuals that you see, TV, everything. We need Catholicism filling our minds. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. When you walk into your non-denominational church or your megachurch, what do you see? What stands out to you? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, observations in a Catholic church. You will notice at least eight items, all of which have religious, historical, or biblical significance. Secondly, what are those items? As soon as you walk in, the can't miss baptismal font, a stone altar, stained glass windows, 14 stations of Christ's passion, statues, a gold tabernacle, a lit candle near the tabernacle, and a large crucifix. Thirdly, my take. So, what seems to fill your church and truly move you toward Jesus? Oh, I know you don't need a physical or superfluous objects to move you toward Jesus. He's everywhere and in your heart. And that is true. But tell that to Moses, David, and Solomon, who were under strict and exact directions from God on how to build his house and then fill it with his Shekinah glory. I mean, does a comfy chair, does a flashy Fender guitar, does a well-fashioned stage move you toward contemplation and holiness? Remember, stages are for entertainment, but sanctuaries are for worship. 
Donnie, what two important things do we receive when we go to Mass? Scripture and the Eucharist. Great job. You're so smart. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. Are you on the CDT Insider email list? Hi, Joe McLean here. And every week I send you cool stuff straight to your inbox. Goodies that you're not going to want to miss. Go to grnonline.com. Hey, I'm Hallie from St. Edward Youth Group, and you're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston. Part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be out with you. Praise be to God. Praise be to Jesus. Fun conversation with uh, Mary Cuff there, Crisis Magazine. Hey, listen, I'm in San Antonio this morning. And uh, I got to tell you. Uh, this is how the rich Catholic Catholics do it. Okay. I walked into the studios Guadalupe Radio Network Studios yesterday, and I was like, they may check my credit report. I mean, <laughs> the lady at the front desk looked at me, and she's like, yeah, can we help you, sir? This, the servant's entrance is in the back. Um, please don't stand, stand on our silk rug with your, your cheap shoes. I'm pretty sure she was thinking that at the very least. Yeah, good morning to you, Sean Rice. Hey, good morning. Yeah, turn your mic on. Is your mic on? It's your studio. I guess that would work, It's yeah. your studio. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I thought, you know, Adrian and Rudy, maybe, uh, you know, they, they took care of that stuff. Do so, they? Sorry about that. Okay. <laughs> I, will have them I forget f- to put my own mic yeah. on, so. <laughs> I will have them flogged when I get back to Houston. Okay, Sean? That, <laughs> that sounds better. awesome. Yeah. The and, studios uh, look nice here. I appreciate that. You know, uh, it took some time finding, you know, a, a place. You know, we moved in. Uh, August of last year, so it's been uh, just over a year since uh, we've been here. Uh, but it took a little while, uh, a, a lot of um, digging around, you know, around the local area. Mm-hmm. We were way out there on on Broadway, um, you know, for for fourteen I, years. I remember. So, I yeah. if, I spent a lot of time there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's a beautiful. It was. I liked that location actually. Uh, but uh, this is this is fantastic. It's very very beautiful. You know, uh, it's. It is, you know, it's awesome being here. Uh, we're close to, you know, Mario and, and Richard and I. I mean, we're, we're well within about 15, 20 minutes. Uh, sometimes traffic gets a little heavy out here on, uh, you know, on 1604. But, you know, it, it is a nice location. It's mm-hmm. very convenient for our volunteers to come in, especially mm-hmm. during the share-a-thons and things like that. So well, it, it's been nice. Praise be to God. Hey, uh, before I forget, coming up at 15 past the hour, we're going to give out prizes. Today is the day where we do the uh, fear and trembling drawing, and you could win. It's possible. Uh, make sure you are our first caller when I give you that phone number, and uh, we're going to have ourselves a game today and a drawing, and uh, I'm very excited about the Mendoza leather rosary pouch that we're giving away today. So all of that coming up at 15 past there. Be on the ready. Get your finger, your dialing fingers all ready to go. Are you old enough, Sean, to remember the days when you would dial into a, a radio show and you'd have to hit redial and all that? Yes, I actually remember uh, rotary dials, in fact. What's that? Oh, you're that old. <laughs> yeah, no way. <laughs> oh, wow. I do remember those days. Yeah, I thought but, you were younger, but okay. You know, uh, I, I will tell you, uh, you know, morning shows, Sunday shows, you remember, of course, we're, we're about the same vintage as you like to say. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I remember, you know, 
hit redial, hit redial, wanting to be that that fifth caller, that tenth caller. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> These man. young bucks on the other side. You of remember the mic that here. sound you would hear? I'm like, oh, that reminds me. Speaking of vintage. Today is St. Martin Mass, the feast of St. Martin Mass, St. Yeah. Martin de Tours. Mm-hmm. And what's the tradition for St. Martin Mass? Drinking uh, some wine. Oh, Speaking of vintage, <laughs> yeah, you could, there's a special blessing for wine on St. Martin Mass Day. And you go yeah. get some nice wine and go hey, drink it. It's five o'clock somewhere. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> hey, but Joe, while you're yes, in uh, San Antonio, will you be mm-hmm. taking a uh, you be taking a group of people out to give a grand tour of Judson High School? Oh, oh yeah, that's true. I, what we ought to do, what I ought to do is uh, I should hold a presser, uh, maybe <laughs> like invite all the press to come out to the plaque that is in Converse that uh, you know. Memorializes that moment that I became the tenth grade history student of the year at Judson High School. You should really have the principal of Judson High School mm-hmm. come and like shake yeah. your hand, give you a plaque yeah, for because you probably do more to promote Jeez Judson to High School than anyone <laughs> yeah. else in the world. <laughs> I, I, we should let's do that. Is let's, there an honorary doctorate from Judson High School? I Is think so. He deserves yes. it. Yes, <laughs> I think this would be uh, uh, proper. Where'd and, you get your like, PhD? From Judson High Judson School High in School. San Antonio, Texas. <laughs> Honorary GED. <laughs> yeah, now, Sean, you're a, you're a veteran. Today's Veterans Day. I am. Day. Happy Veterans Day, Joe. Thanks for your service. And thank you for yours. What branch were you in? I was in the Air Force. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you served our country. My, I, my mistake. You know, it's <laughs> not my fault that I I'm score teasing. higher than ASVAB than most. You know, so. I'm teasing. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> okay, where's the lie? All right, uh, so what did you do in the Air Force? Uh, actually, I was a... Aerospace ground equipment mechanic, worked on flight line equipment, worked on a, in the back shop, yeah. uh, and then finished up out here in the tech training world here in San Antonio. Where are you, f- where are you from originally? Jacksonville, Florida. Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah. And, you, right. and you stayed after you got out. I did. I just Why? loved the 110 degree heat. Is that what it was? Yeah, that's what it <laughs> yes. Hey, man, Florida's not cold, brother. Okay. It is humid, though. Yeah, Florida's yeah. pretty hot and humid, too. But uh, So you stayed in San Antonio, and uh, now you're the, the general manager of the, uh, this, the South and Central Texas uh, stations. That's right. The five beautiful stations of uh, you know South and Central Texas. We've uh, you know we're here at the eighty nine point seven station, and we got the station there in Marble Falls, Fredericksburg, Uvalde, and um, you know Kerrville. I mean, it's it's been awesome. Such a blessing, indeed, for sure. Yeah, praise be to God. And uh, so, uh, veteran, how long were you in the Air Force? Uh, just under nine. You know, they just say that nine. once you cross over the ten year mark, you know, you, you just got committed. Stay. Yeah, and at that you, point, yes, all you, you can think stay. about is I've got to stay to get the retirement. <laughs> That's like, right. Oh man, yeah, Sean. Uh, Sean, did did you uh, did you fly a jet? No, I actually worked <laughs> on on the flight line though, so I was around airplanes oh, quite cool. a bit. Uh, and, and in fact, that uh, there's two things that I loved so much. All right, uh, and what kind of led me to the Air Force? My dad was an Air Force guy, uh, but I did love. I to this day, I still love airplanes. I just love, uh, you know, this massive piece of machinery, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that can just go. Uh, and I've I've had the some deployments and such, being out there with the fighter airplanes and, you know, just seeing those combat takeoffs, you know, go from, you know, hundreds and hundreds of miles per hour and then go shoot straight up in the air. Uh, it's, it's it was pretty amazing stuff to see. Yeah. What's when in I was there, a like a Hemi or what were we talking about? <laughs> yeah. Four-wheel yeah. drive? <laughs> I think like 135 horses or something. Oh, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Nice. When, I was, when, I, when I was a kid growing up in Universal City, Texas and Converse, Texas, yeah. uh, living right here, uh, right close to uh, Randolph Air Force Base, 
once a year, not only did we see the trainers flying all the time, yep. uh, but once a year there'd be an air, air show out there. And they would fly. They All these jets would come flying in over my house yeah. to uh, to land there to get ready for the air, air show. And they would be the coolest jets possible. I yep. mean, I remember seeing the F-117 being revealed at one of these things. Uh, and I remember, like, just uh, the A-10 Warthog was just, yeah, like, yeah. a tank in the sky. I mean... Uh, the F-4 Phantom, I think, was the coolest-looking airplane. That was before was my kid. time, Joe. Was it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure. F-16, F-15 were, were my favorites. So uh, to yeah. all my Navy uh, you know, friends out there. Yeah, the F-16, F-16 is surprisingly small. It is. They used to call it the, the lawn dart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that was the but nickname for it. The I, I loved watching the uh, Air Force Thunderbirds yeah. uh, do the air show, and yeah. they would actually take their F-16s and they would turn it nose up like a like a rocket, right? And they would fly it in slow speed. I mean, like super slow, right? Twenty five feet above the the the, the tarmac, yeah, and like a and move forward and move forward. Yeah. They would hover like a rocket, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just mind blowing what that thing is capable. of. It, it is. Uh, it's amazing to see uh, as we celebrate. Of course, you know all the services, all the branch of services today, and uh, you know the men and women who have served uh, and continue to serve. It, it is really amazing to see. You know the the different technologies, the different you know. Uh, you know, war machines, so to speak, uh, across, you know, the, the services. I mean, I think of, you know, Navy ships, you know, the battleships and things like that. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. amazing to see some of the stuff that um, are used to really help, you know, protect our, our nation's interests. Yeah. Know, it's Amen. amazing. Do y'all know the, uh, the story of Michael Monsoor? Or I'm trying, I'm trying to remember. I don't know how to say his last name. I don't know that But name. he was a, uh, he was in the Navy who received the Medal of Honor and yeah. I know it's not Memorial Day, but, I mean, he's still a veteran, nonetheless. He died in combat, received it posthumously, uh, the Medal of Honor. And the reason why he came up on my radar, because I didn't know who he was either, was the, the TFP just put out a song uh, as a musical salute to him because he was a, a faithful Catholic and uh, oh. de- a devotee to St. Michael, and mm-hmm. his name was Michael as well. And he uh, jumped on a grenade and saving his, his brothers in arms. And uh, it, just, uh, it just amazes me. I know. Yeah. I mean, it's, today's not Memorial Day. We're we're thinking our veterans, um, but at the same time, those who died in combat are our veterans. Sure. Um, yeah. So for sure. it's it just it was amazing to hear his story yesterday. And I was talking mm-hmm. to my brother about it, and he was like, "Oh yeah, this guy was really awesome." He's like, "I don't know if I could ever if I saw a grenade go down and to see that and and jump on it out of out of love for your for your brother for your yeah. brothers in arms. That's amazing to me." Yeah, one of my favorite stories during Veterans Day is uh, Sergeant Roy Benavides also uh, earned the Medal of Honor, but in Vietnam, 1968, he did not die of his wounds, but he should have. Uh, he was wounded well over 100 times in this single battle, uh, holding his own intestines in uh, as he was oof. being evacuated off the battle. The last guy to, t- to, to leave the battlefield after six hours, single-handedly saved eight men. In the process, uh, incredible, incredible story. He would go on to live till 1998. I met him when I was 17. Incredible war hero, a Catholic, committed Catholic, uh, struggled mightily with intense pain for the rest of his life. Had lead falling out of his body up until he, the day he died from his uh, from his combat experience. So uh, there are so many who give so much who yep. serve our country, and yet in these modern uh, days, uh, the military is a is a tough place. It's gone. Sure it's is. gone hardcore. 
in uh, in wokeness, and it makes it harder for committed Christians to serve our country, and yet they still do it. So. And they still do it. You know, my uh, my nephew, uh, my nephew Logan, uh, he's in the delayed enlistment program right now for the Navy. Um, so I'm, the, I'm so sorry. I'm one of four. Or one I'm, office over, and he got the Marine Corps. <laughs> yeah. I mean... <laughs> So me and my dad, you know, we were we were Air Force. I've got a, a couple of brothers. They're still active duty Navy. My nephew's going to join the Navy. Actually, three of my brother, all three of my brothers were were, were Navy. So God bless. I'm them noticing for it. a trend here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> help, but, help them out. Just say USMC. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if I could. Uh, I could pull that one off though. Sure, you could. I don't know. Sure, you could. <laughs> so for you guys uh, that are that served, uh, how can uh, you know good Catholics? do celebrate veterans day i mean it's no it's not a a liturgical feast but at the same time we're we're so grateful for people who sacrifice their lives um even if it's not their lives physically meaning they die but their lives in terms of they give up years of their lives right. to uh to sacrifice for our country uh, how can we uh give thanks to our to our veterans I think it's the uh, it's like we talk about in, in most ways. I mean, the Catholic response to a lot of things is we just pray for them, right? You know, as Joe was saying, uh, to to serve in today's military, it's a tough deal. You, you know, uh, they're very much ha- have gone the ways of you know awokeness a, a lot more so than it was when he and I were in, uh, and they really we have to pray that they have the that grace uh, to be courageous in all things, uh, and that is in fact in service of their country too because i mean again we're still a volunteer force you know there you know people aren't being drugged by the you know by by the back of the head or, or anything like that to to sign well, their it's name early out of line <laughs> um, so yeah. i mean it's it's a volunteer service yeah i mean people are are signing up and people are saying hey I want to do this, you know. I'm making, I'm raising my right hand because I believe in uh, the mission uh, of the military services, and that really, bottom line is, people can join for all sorts of different reasons for college benefits, this, that, and the other. But the bottom line is, is that you know that the military is a is a war fighting machine mm. to protect the interest of the United States, and that's what uh, you know, men and women who are raising their right hand and and swearing to to protect and defend the United States, they're doing, yeah, you know. So so, uh, yeah, we just got to thank a veteran today. Yeah. Thank a veteran for them and thank a veteran today for sure, especially given how difficult it can be and is becoming. All right. Uh, we're going to have a, just about a minute and a half left with Sean here before we play our game show. What's going on in your neck of the, the of the GRN? So glad you asked, Joe. Uh, we've got quite a few things going on. We've got the 11th annual Axe Missions Gala taking place tomorrow evening uh, at the UIW Skyroom. Uh, that's at seven o'clock. Folks can go to axemissions.org. Uh, to, to sign up for that. Uh, also, the young San Antonio professional, uh, San Anto- or excuse me, the young Catholic professionals of San Antonio, they've got their casino night. Great Gatsby theme, uh, in fact. Uh, so people can go to uh, email info at ycpsanantonio.org. Looks like they're having some difficulties with their uh, website with that. So if you want to attend or if you want information on attending, email info at ycpsanantonio.org. And I got a couple of big ones here. I want people to know of. So beginning Sunday, November 13th at St. Paul Catholic Church, Alan Ames, uh, you know, his healing ministry, he's back. He's back in the United States after like almost a three-year delay. Uh, Mm. So he's going to be at uh, many different parishes for the next eight days. So, All right. Praise be to God. Sean, good to chat with you. Uh, Thanks for letting us in 
the servant's entrance of your super fancy country club here that you your call FICA a studio. Your FICA will be at the entrance, okay, yeah, on your way out. Uh, I promise to park your car when I get off the air. Hey, it's time to play the game show Fear and Trembling. Call right now, 877-757-9424. First caller gets to play the game. You could win. It's possible, 877-757-9424. Call right now. We'll be right back. The Bible says to call no man father. So why do we call our priests father? In Matthew 23, verse 9, it says, And call no man your father on earth, for you have one father who is in heaven. Notice that this verse makes no distinction between spiritual fathers, which is what priests are, and biological fathers. This passage says that no man is to be called father. Therefore, you cannot distinguish between calling a priest father and calling the man who is married to your mother father. But is that actually what this passage is saying? Or is Jesus warning us against trying to usurp the fatherhood of God, which is what the Pharisees and scribes were doing? They wanted all attention focused on them. They were leaving God, the Father, out of the equation. And even if you just interpret this passage from Matthew 23 as an absolute ban against calling anyone your spiritual father, then there are some problems for you in the rest of Scripture. For example, Jesus in the story of Lazarus and the rich man in Luke 16 has the rich man referring to Abraham as father several times. Paul in Romans 4 refers to Abraham as the father of the uncircumcised, the Gentiles. Spiritual fatherhood, not biological fatherhood. In Acts 7 and then in Acts 22, first Stephen and then Paul referred to the Jewish priests and elders as brothers and fathers. Spiritual fatherhood. So if you interpret Matthew 23 as saying we cannot call anyone our spiritual father, then you have to believe that Jesus, Paul, and Stephen all got it wrong. It is okay to call priests our spiritual fathers today. We are simply imitating the example given us by Jesus, Paul, and Stephen, all of whom who used the term in a spiritual sense. As long as we remember that our true father is God the Father and that all aspects of our fatherhood, biological and spiritual, are derived from him. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, a Catholic trivia game show that has secrets and agendas. That you can't tell anybody or else, well, I have no idea what we'll do about it. But nonetheless, nonetheless, there are some things we like to do on the down low. Just don't tell anybody. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments, sneaky ways to get you to learn something about the Catholic faith that you did not know before. Praise be to God. And then, of course, we like to have a laugh, a chuckle, a good time. And our callers are actually amazing. They laugh with us. They laugh at most of our jokes. Praise be to Jesus. And then we give out prizes, which means this is a winner. We've totally incentivized every single listener at this point because you could learn, you could laugh, and you could win. It's super possible. But the kicker is, all right, so this is the tricky part. We do not ask the caller the questions, so they don't need to know. 
They may not know any of the correct answers, but could still win the game because instead of asking them, I'm going to ask Rudy and I'm going to ask Adrian. One of them will give us a correct answer. The other will give us an incorrect answer. The caller will then have 15 seconds to make a decision. Whomst do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And then every correct answer goes into the coffee cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Praise be to Christ. The uh, sponsor this week was Mendoza Leathercraft. We're going to be drawing this today. Mm. It's a small business from Tomball, Texas. I, Joe gave me There's that yesterday. accent again. There's that he accent said I had again. A, an accent about it, but he's from Tomball. Tomball, Texas. That provides Tom high Ball. quality, unique, and custom leather products. They're going to and serve good you. barbecue. And I've had fantastic barbecue there in the past. From Victor? Not from Victor, Talk but from Tomball. <laughs> Talk about Mendoza Leathercrafts. Okay. Now, Victor. Makes leather speaking and of which, Exactly. He's a fellow Catholic, and he's generously sponsored the game show this week. Thank you so much. He's uh, offered a leather rosary pouch and a keychain set made of Horween Chrome Excel leather. It's a beautiful pull-up leather, the navy color, and it's going to wear and tear over time it's gonna have a very beautiful patina so whoever wins that today is going to be very lucky now he did mention if you're in the irving texas area he's going to be at the saint nicholas farmers market over at the modern day parish so make sure to check out his booth but if you're not in that area you can check out his other wares at mendoza leathercraft dot square dot site i'm going to give it to you one more time mendoza leathercraft dot square dot site he's also on instagram twitter facebook and tiktok thank you so much victor and mendoza leather craft for generously sponsoring our game show this week praise be to god with an accent like that rudy soon you will not even remember your history in california (laughs) you'll wake up one day and think you've always just lived in texas praise be you can take the boy out of california but you Mm -hmm. can't take the california Mm -hmm. out of the boy amen to that thank you mendoza leather craft dot square dot site thank you for your generous gift giving stuff away to our audience we love you for that all right let's go to the phones uh forest good morning to you sir forest are you there Forest. Good morning. I knew you were there. Praise be to God. Good morning to you. Is this my good friend Forrest from uh, God's Country in Hondo, Texas? That is correct, but wow. uh, they changed the sign. It now says Christmas in God's Country. Oh. oh. <laughs> what about Hon- Advent? Does Hondo have barbecue like Tomball? Like Mendoza Leatherworks? Uh, no, it's much better than that. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, I'll never forget my favorite sign in Hondo is uh, this is God's country, so don't drive through it like it's hell. Or don't drive, yeah, however it says it, but uh, I love that sign. Praise be to God. Good morning, Forrest. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, brother. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, we'll get to see you. Uh, I'm going to be heading your way this afternoon, so hopefully, we'll get to, a chance to connect. I would love to see you again. You know, it, it's funny. I, um, I'm 50 I'm some years old, and I've never been to a Veterans Day ceremony. That's right. Despite you served the in the uh, in the chair force. I mean, the air force. Uh, <laughs> so thank you for your service, Forrest. We appreciate that. Joe, I thought we decided we weren't going to make fun of the air force anymore. <laughs> I don't recall ever making or agreeing to that uh, that discussion. But nonetheless, uh, we are grateful <laughs> for your service. All right, Forrest. I know you know the rules. Let's play the game. We'll, we're going to start with Rudy first. Rudy, by the way, he has abandoned the tie. 
uh, apparently. Uh, <laughs> he, has, he has come to the, uh, to the other side. He's so going full Californian. I he's, still have not done laundry yet. He's wearing another sweater, <laughs> and it's 98 degrees, but he's wearing a sweater. So I'll let that It's fall in. somewhere, okay? It's fall <laughs> yeah. somewhere. Got it. Okay. Rudy, are you ready? I am ready. Are you sure? Yeah, I think so. All right. Okay. Are you really, really sure? Mm, uh, you got to fake it till you make it. I Let's start with an easy one. Who right. is the patron saint of television, sir? The patron saint of television. Wow. You would imagine, how could they have canonized somebody so quickly about this? You know, it's, television's only been around for so long. But yeah, believe it or not, it's St. Fulton Sheen. St. Fulton Sheen? Yep. Whoa, mind blown. You might be thinking, but wasn't he on the radio first? Yeah, but they, they canonized him for the TV instead. Got it. Yeah. Okay, St. Fulton Sheen. Uh-huh. Uh, Adrian, uh, praise be to God. Good morning to you. That's my name to wear it out. I will write that down and Thank not you. wear it out. Thank if you. you could tell me, I would be grateful. Who is the patron saint of television? Ah, the patron saint of television. That is St. Clair of Assisi. Um, You know, the founder of the Poor Clares. Like, from, like, the 13th century, or... Is it 13th century, really? Was it 12th or 13th? It's got to be later than that. Definitely so, not the 12th. Okay, television, mm-hmm. you're saying? Okay. Same thing, Claire oh, mm-hmm. Okay, okay. All right, uh, Forrest from God's Country, you have options here. The patron saint of television. Is it Claire of Assisi, or is it Fulton Sheen? 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Forrest, what say you? It's St. Clair. I can't believe Rudy got it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm confused. He said St. Clair, but then he said Rudy. I'm confused. I misspoke. I apologize. That's okay. I forgive you. But you did say Clair. You did say Clair. As much as it hurts. Adrian was correct. There you go. It's okay, Forrest. You just became younger. You just became wiser. You became more attractive. All these things just happened to you just by saying Adrian was right. That was so masterful, Forrest. I mean, you know. I didn't you're, say you were right. I said you were correct. Exactly. <laughs> Forrest truly is a veteran. He's a veteran and knows how to do this. He's no dummy. When you have to admit Adrian is right, you do so with as uh, little confidence and as much deference as possible. And uh, nonetheless, you are right. St. Clair of Assisi is somehow the patron saint of television. I think it's because I, she... I uh, don't understand it. I can't remember okay. exactly off the top of my head, but I think it's something to do with like she had visions. And oh, she could like look. She would look at a wall, and she could see things that were happening elsewhere by okay. looking at a wall. Okay, I thought you were going to say was, yeah. when she was confined to her bed mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. in her cell, mm-hmm. the, she could view the mass on TV. That's what God. it was. Yeah, when she looked at the wall, <laughs> yeah. she could see mass being played. Yeah, That's God. What it was. Okay, all right. Well, Saint Clair of Assisi, pray for us. Let's go to question number two. Adrian, we'll start with you this time. And I know. I know that you have advanced degrees because I checked Twitter. You have advanced degrees on popery. Could you tell me what is the term for the Pope's being free from error and exempt from mistake? Well, what a coincidence because I just put out a video on my podcast, Catholic Conversations, on this exact topic, on the topic of love and fidelity and devotion to the papacy and that would be infallibility really infallibility infallibility yes sir okay uh let's just see what rudy says rudy could you tell me what is the term for the pope's being free from error and exempt from mistakes sir infallibility really 
I think you mean impeccable. He's impeccable. I see. Interesting. All right, Forrest, you got options. Rudy says it's impeccable, but Adrian says it's infallible. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? What say you, Forrest? Really pains me, but Adrian got it right again. I know. (laughs) What what are you going to do? She got that checked out. Impeccability. Does that mean without peccable? At this exactly. point, Forrest, you may have to go to family counseling. I mean, it's just this uh, painful to have to admit Adrian is correct twice I don't know in why a row. You're, I don't know why you say that, Joe. Oof. I mean, look, he's younger now. He's smarter. He's wiser. It's confirmed by the science, Yikes. capital S, trademark over the E, that uh-huh. uh, you get wider, mm-hmm. smarter, younger whenever you go with okay. Adrian. Infallibility is the correct answer. Uh, so uh, good job. You're in for two. Let's see if we can uh, triple that, though. Going back to Rudy on this one. Uh, Rudy? Toughest question we've ever asked. Okay. Okay. Can you tell me how many days and nights did Jonah spend in the belly of the large fish? The large fish, the Leviathan. Okay, so Adrian just talked about science. So scientifically speaking, there was only enough oxygen inside of the Leviathan Mm -hmm. for Jonah to spend three days and three nights. Really? That's right. Three days Three nights, you say. Otherwise, he would have suffocated. Could it have been two nights in parts of three days? I'm just curious. Uh, I suppose so. Okay. But okay. then he would have turned like, you know, okay. like Arnold Schwarzenegger in that well, let's, uh, one Mars movie. Oh, I see. Get back to the fish! All right, let's go <laughs> and see what uh, Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me how many days and nights did Jonas spend in the belly of the whale? Well, as someone who identifies as having a PhD in whaleology, oh. I am an expert on all things whale. Really? Uh, though the Bible, I don't know other things. However, the answer whale, is okay. 40. 40 days and 40, 40. nights. Mind blown. Yep. 40 days and 40 nights. Well, that guy, that whale must have been feeding him other fishes, just swallowing <laughs> them up. And, wow, amazing. All right. Forrest, you got options. Is it three days, three nights, or is it 40 days? Uh, Adrian says 40. Rudy says three. Forrest, what say you? Three days, three nights. Rudy's correct. That's. <laughs> yeah, you didn't sound all that happy. Balls. About that. All right. Here we That's go. I wanted to go into the whole, uh... It's Matt. Matt. Matt congratulations, congratulations, buddy. You got it. Uh, Forrest, it wasn't God's win, uh, will that you should win the prize, but you do get to hang out with me later today, so congratulations. That's Amen. kind of a prize. We'll see you there, Forrest. Or God punishment. bless you. God love you. Hey, that's been a great week. Make sure you're on the email list. I'm going to share the embarrassing moment with my wife. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. We'll see you in the app show. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate the memorial of St. Martin of Tours.
the intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. Faith of our fathers living still in spite of dungeon, fire, and sword. Oh, how our hearts beat high with joy whene'er we hear that glorious word. Faith of our fathers, holy faith, we will be true to Thee till death. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Today we celebrate the memorial of St. Martin of Tours. He lived in the 300s. His father was a Roman military officer, and so he was born, initially raised where his father was stationed in what is now Western Hungary. After his father retired, then he grew up in northern Italy. His parents were pagans, but at age 10, he became a catechumen, one preparing for baptism. When he was 15, because his father was a veteran, he was required to join the Roman ca ca cavalry, um, perhaps being a member of an elite body that traveled with and guarded the emperor. Um, in time, he came to leave the military and to go to uh, central western France, where he lived near St. Hilary of Poitiers as his disciple. Because of the Arian controversy over the divinity of Christ, um, St. Hilary and St. Martin had to leave France and go into exile for a time, but then they were able to return. St. Martin lived as a monk and a leader of monks for about 10 years before he was chosen to be the new bishop of Tours. He then served in that way, and uh, there's a, an account written during his life by Sulpicius Severus that tells about different miracles the Lord worked through him. Miracles of healing, miracles of being freed from demons, miracles even of raising the dead. He died on November 8th in 397. And his feast day is so early and so prominent throughout Europe that there are many, many different uh, practices in different countries of Europe connected to this November 11th feast day. One of them, just one of them, was that it seemed that because of him leaving the military, it was considered a good day to conclude peace treaties. And so it is probably not an accident or coincidence that this day was chosen for the armistice to end World War I in 1918. It thus became Armistice Day and then Veterans Day. And so fittingly on this day, our, we have our civil holiday honoring those who have served the country in the military. Brethren, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. You were sent to heal the contrite of heart. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. You came to call sinners. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. You are seated at the right hand of the Father to intercede for us. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who are glorified in the Bishop St. Martin, both by his life and death, make new, we pray, the wonders of your grace in our hearts, that neither death nor life may separate us from your love. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen.
Reading from the second letter of St. John. Chosen Lady, I rejoiced greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as we were commanded by the Father. But now, Lady, I ask you, not as though I were writing a new commandment, but the one we have had from the beginning. Let us love one another. For this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, as you heard from the beginning, in which you should walk. Many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. Such is the deceitful one and the Antichrist. Look to yourselves that you do not lose what we worked for, but may receive a full recompense. Anyone who is so progressive as not to remain in the teaching of the Christ does not have God. Whoever remains in the teaching has the Father and the Son. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Blessed are they who follow the law of the Lord. Blessed are they who follow the law of the Lord. Blessed are they whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed, Blessed are they who follow the law of the Lord. Blessed are they who observe his decrees, who seek him with all their heart. Blessed, Blessed are they who follow the law of the Lord. With all my heart I seek you. Let me not stray from your commands. Blessed, Blessed are they who follow the law of the Lord. Within my heart I treasure your promise, that I may not sin against you. Blessed are they who follow the law of the Lord. Be good to your servant, that I may live and keep your words. Blessed are they who follow the law of the Lord. Open my eyes, that I may consider the wonders of your law. Blessed are they who follow the law of the Lord. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia. Stand erect and raise your heads, because your redemption is at hand. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day when Noah entered the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Similarly, as it was in the days of Lot, they were eating, drinking, buying, selling, planting, building, on the day when Lot left Sodom, fire and brimstone rained from the sky to destroy them all. So it will be on the day the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, someone who is on the housetop and whose belongings are in the house must not go down to get them. And likewise, one in the field must not return to what was left behind. Remember the wife of Lot. Whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it but whoever loses it will save it. I tell you, on that night, there will be two people in one bed. One will be taken, the other left. And there will be two women grinding meal together. One will be taken, the other left. 
They said to him in reply, Where, Lord? He said to them, Where the body is, there also the vultures will gather. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In our first reading today, we hear a portion of the second letter of St. John, just one chapter long. St. Jerome, writing in the late 300s, as it happens during the later years of St. Martin's life, wrote this. The blessed John the Evangelist lived in Ephesus until extreme old age. His disciples could barely carry him to church, and he could not muster the voice to speak many words. During individual gatherings, he usually said nothing but, little children love one another. The disciples and brothers in attendance, annoyed because they always heard the same words, finally said, Teacher, why do you always say this? He replied with a line worthy of John, Because it is the Lord's commandment, and if it alone is kept, it is sufficient. Well, that matches what we hear in this letter, isn't, isn't that right? I mean, we certainly hear him expound in the first letter many times about the importance of love. And here again, we hear him again speaking about this commandment that we've had from the beginning, to love one another. But this is love that we walk according to his commandments. Now, I could quote you lines from songs, lines from movies of people today speaking about love, showing how that word is misused in our culture, how people will often speak of love and mean something really quite mistaken by it, things that might be selfish, things that might be manipulative or exploitative things that might, be for other, might not be for others' good. For us, in seeking to, to fulfill this commandment of love, we need to make sure that we have a clear view of it. St. Thomas Aquinas famously gave the definition that to love is to will the good of the other. So we take that backwards. The other, the other person. So we're not seeking necessarily our own good, especially looking to someone else's good. And we're seeking their good. The good is something objective. So what is their true good? So it's not just somebody's opinion. And in fact, someone who's been wounded might in fact be desiring things that are very much not for their good. But what do they truly need? Or what do they truly need to become? And finally, we will it. That is, within ourselves, we decide that we are going to desire it for them. And then as far as it depends upon us, we're going to act to bring it about. To love is to will the good of the other. We know that it may involve feelings, but its base is not a feeling, it's a choice. The saint that we celebrate today, St. Martin, stands out in at least two ways as an example of love. I mean, all the saints do, right? Every one of them, we can point to how they love others. First one is a scene that artists love to paint, which is Martin still as a cavalry officer stationed in far northern France in wintertime encountering this poor beggar wearing practically nothing. St. Martin, Sulpicio Severus tells us, had already given away the rest of his clothes that day because people kept asking him for clothing in this very cold time. And so all he had left was his armor and his great military cloak. And so he cut that cloak in half famously and gave half that cloak to the beggar. Now Sulpicio Severus tells us that others around him, some of them, made fun of him because he looked so ridiculous, now wearing only his armor and half a cloak. Others, he said, were embarrassed because they realized they could have clothed that beggar with a lot less trouble because they were wearing a lot more clothes. And why didn't they reach out to that beggar in his need? To reach out in mercy to others. 
whether it be physical needs like need for food or drink or clothing or housing or something like that, or also to reach out in mercy for spiritual needs when people need knowledge or need encouragement or comfort or correction or forgiveness. St. Martin, in giving half his cloak, is certainly an example to us of this. A second way is in his faithfulness to his vocation. St. Martin heard that the people of Tours were looking for a new bishop, and he was not interested, and he resolved he was going to stay away from Tours until somebody had a ruse. They sent him a message saying someone was sick and needed their, his help. So he, he went. He went to help the sick person. Realizing the ruse, it is said that he then hid, and he sought to hide in a flock of geese which, as you might realize, was not a good idea. And the flock of geese soon squawked. And by the way, this is why eating goose on St. Martin's feast day is a custom in many places. But even though against his will he was chosen to be bishop, he then served faithfully for 26 years. And not only did he serve faithfully through all that time, but then even as his life was ending, so Bishop Severus again tells us that even as his life was ending, his followers begged him not to leave them behind. And he prayed to the Lord, saying, Lord, you know, I want to come to be with you, but if it's your will that I stay here to serve, I'm willing. Indeed, these were the final days of his life. But even in those final days, he gave himself in prayer, extensive prayer even in those final days for his people. So it is that you who are listening, you know, perhaps you are a husband and father, perhaps you're a wife and mother, perhaps you are religious, perhaps you're a priest. And you at times feel the burdens of living out your state of life, of fulfilling your vocation. Let's look to St. Martin as an example of one who chose to love, not merely to go by feelings, but to go by actions, and to be faithful day in, day out. Faithful in love. As he in his vocation, so may you and I be in ours. To choose the will of the other. Brothers and sisters, let us make the needs of all people our own and present them before God. That the sons and daughters of the church may grow in number and in holiness, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That God may give to his church nuns and monks who are completely given over to prayer and pastors who are zealous for their flock, just as St. Martin was, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer that God may help those who do not have a home and give bread to the hungry, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That the Lord may protect our families, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That the Lord may help us during this day to sow joy where there is sadness and faith where there is doubt, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. O Lord, we ask that you attend to the request that we have directed to you and bring them to fulfillment through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Martin, St. Martin, St. Martin rode through wind and snow. His horse so fast with him did go. St. Martin rode through weather rude, his cloak around him warm and good. 
Saint Martin, Saint Martin, in snow there sat a beggar near, with cold his eyes so full with tears. Please help me, Martin, in my need, or I shall die, my words do heed. Saint Martin, Saint Martin, Saint Martin's eyes filled up with pain, he pulled upon the horse's rein. Saint Martin took his sword so true, and cut his mantle right in two. Saint Martin, Saint Martin, Saint Martin gave one half away. A beggar tries some thanks to say. Saint Martin rides away so fast with half a cloak against the blast. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. Sanctify these offerings, we pray, O Lord, which we joyfully present in honor of St. Martin, that through them our life may always be directed, whether in tribulation or in prosperity. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just. Our duty and our salvation. Always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. Through Christ our Lord. For in the marvelous confession of your saints, you make your church fruitful with strength ever new and offer us sure signs of your love. And that your savoring mysteries may be fulfilled. Their great example lends us courage. Their fervent prayers sustain us in all we do. And so, Lord, with all the angels and saints, we too give you thanks as in exultation we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Abahold, Plenis Uncelia Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it. For this is my body, which will be given up for you.
In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim your death, O Lord, until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have told us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life, and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Agnus Dei, qui tollis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tollis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tollis peccata mundi, Dona nobis pace.
Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. Amen, I say to you, whatever you did for one of the least of my brethren, you did it for me, says the Lord. An act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Adoro te devote latens deitas we subis figuris vere latitas. Tibi segur meum totum subjicit. Quia te contemplans totum deficit. Visus tactus gustus in te falitur. Sed auditus solo tuto creditur. Credo quid quid dehi filius. Nil hoc verbo veritatis verius. In cruce la tebat sola deitas, Sed quic la tetsimul et humanitas. Ambo tamen credens adque confitens, peto quod petivit latro penitens. Let us pray. Grant to us who have been restored by the sacrament of unity, O Lord, perfect harmony with your will in all things that just as St. Martin submitted himself entirely to you, so we too may glory in being truly yours. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. Thanks be to God. 
Ye holy angels bright, who wait at God's right hand. The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with Hi, I'm Karina. And I'm Betsy. And we're with Catholic Charities. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston. Part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. 